How's it going, everybody? This is episode 8 of season 3, and we're going to talk about Salem. Which city? Because we just went there yesterday, and today we took it off just so we could recoup from all the walking and all the eyesores of staring at the map until we started to finally figure out how to, where we were technically. So we didn't really need the map anymore. But, yeah. But it was so worth it. Oh, yeah. I mean, it was so much fun. Yeah, we took a bus trip. It was uh, 65 bucks for the day to take a bus and drive down there and drive back. And what can I say? It was awesome. The 17 years since I last went down was definitely, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, it definitely was longer to get back there than what it should have been. Let's put it that way. What about you? Um, I haven't been since I was a child, since I was about two years old when my parents took me. So you're like long overdue. Long, long overdue. Um, when we got there, it was just, it was incredible. Despite the fact that it was like packed with people, it was still, it was still amazing. And, um, all the like historical stuff and all of the, you know, everything that we did was just a lot of fun. We're going to actually go into that. Well, how we got lost and then like, find our <laughs> way. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. That's a that's a funny story, actually. Um, Paul and I got in Salem via the bus, like he's like he said yesterday morning, about I want to say about what ten thirty. Some point around. Yeah, ten thirty in the morning, and we had boarded the bus at like what was this? 640. 640, 640, 650, or 650 is when we actually started leaving, yeah, yeah leaving started leaving. Vermont, so we get there about 1030, we get off the bus, and we have like this, we have like this small map in one of the pamphlets that one of, um, one of our friends gave us, and, um, we're trying to navigate to see where we need to go from the Salem Witch Museum. Keep in mind, Paul and I haven't been back to Salem in a long time. So, we didn't have a clue of where we were going per se. Yeah, cause I'll kind of clarify. 17 years ago, um, last time I was in Salem, Massachusetts, was for a class trip in sixth grade when we were going to Washington, D.C. On the way to Washington, D.C., we ended up stopping at Salem, Massachusetts. I remember that because I remember the statue that is right outside Salem Witch Museum. Unfortunately, Salem Witch Museum was so fucking crazy that, of course, I couldn't go in again like I did 17 years ago but one day I hope to take a step back into the museum again because it's definitely hard to remember what even goes on in that museum 
Yeah, that was one of the things that we didn't actually get to do this trip was because it was so crazy. And by the time we got there yesterday morning, like, a good chunk of, like, the tour times were actually sold out. Like, um... And even, even when it got later in the day, after we were, you know, had done everything, and we were getting ready to, you know, regroup, it was still, like, hellaciously busy at the Salem Witch Museum. There was a line pretty much worse than what it was when we got there yesterday morning. Yep. So, definitely, um, one of our return trips will definitely make it a point to actually get inside and go through it all. Yes. Yep. That's definitely going to be a given. But anyway, on to getting lost. Um, so we got there, we got this map, and we were like, okay, I think we can figure this out. What do we do? We took a left and started realizing at that point in time, we must be going the wrong way. Yeah, so we, we, we went, um... Away from the Salem Witch Museum, we walked across the street, and we walked across, like, a park. And, um, we actually found one of the Salem locals, and, and um, she, uh, kind of pointed us in, um... Actually, we just needed to put it out there. She already knew we were not even from around Salem, so... Yeah. She was already, like... Oh, what are you looking for? I can put you in the right direction and just like, thanks. <laughs> like. Yeah, so what we were looking for that she was trying to help us find was Essex Street. And Essex Street, um, for those of you who don't know Salem, um, Essex Street is like the hot spot. That's where like all of the, the shops are, all the witchy shops are, like all, like most of the attractions, the stuff that you can do in Salem and a big chunk of the tours are all on, all of that is on Essex Street. Um, so she's like, well, if you, if you go down here, if you turn around and you go down here and you take a left and then you take a right and you follow that street up, it should take you on to Essex. Instead of what, instead what it did was, um, what she guided, uh, actually guided us to was the House of the Seven Gables. Yeah. Yeah, because you were just like, you want to go straight and then take a left, from what I understood. Yeah, so we ended up at the House of the Seven Gables. And, which was ironic, because that, cause that was one of the spots we wanted to go to, but before we even got there, we were just like, kind of at, at the point of just saying, you know what, I think we need to, I think we need to start walking back but like continuing our step so at one point in time we actually went up a street um i think it was called like daniel street or something like that i don't remember and um actually to help people out that might be familiar with salem we end up taking the um the street up from where daniel's house is so, for those of you that may know Salem, but Daniel's house 
is probably the street that we use to um, head back up. And we started to head right. And that's when we kind of started to continue backwards. Because that's when we were like, okay, I think at this point in time is when I f- almost feel like I figured out, like, we were definitely not heading in the right direction of Essex. So I figured we might as well just start walking back. And next thing you know is I'm pretty much staring at this big sign. And... All I caught out of it was, like, gables or something. And I'm like, oh, look at that. I found a house of seven gables. So we ended up going in, bought the two tickets, went to the museum store until the tour was going to begin, which we had, like, 15 minutes to kill. But I know we probably should have waited for the museum store last, which we did. But we had a nice little stack of stuff that we wanted to get anyways. Ready for when we came back out of the tour and all we had to do was just grab it and get out. Because I had a nice um, women edition book of um, Hawthorne's book for the House of the Seven Gavels that pretty much describe the house back in the glory days. Of when it was like three, and then, um, I believe it was his sister, if I remember the tour correctly, saying that the sister pretty much remembered what the house looked like with seven gables, and was telling Nathaniel Hawthorne what the house looked like with the seven gables to help put into the book as well. Uh, Tessa got a few things in side the museum store too in her little pile but before I get what Tessa um, explain what she got I gotta point this out so I don't know if this is supposed to be like on purpose or what but on the bookmark that I also got for the House of the Seven Gables um what that I knew house was spelled H O U S E on the bookmark. It's spelled H O V S E, which I thought was very interesting. So I don't know if um if I'm just like missing something here or uh what? Or what. So yeah. But Tessa, what did you kinda have in your pile before the tour started? Um I had, um, I had picked out, um, a Salem, Massachusetts, um, witch in black cat art print. Um, it's like a five by seven. And it's, it's actually really neat, um. Yeah, it was already framed. Yeah, it was already framed. And then I found, um. You found a... A few postcards. I found a few postcards. Um, we're planning on sending one of our friends one, and um, I have I have this thing about collecting uh, postcards wherever I travel to. That's kind of like me with magnets. So I grabbed a uh, Salem Witch Trial magnet, just like and just like um, I got a magnet that 
we're going to talk about in a minute, but it, the, the magnet says, I climbed a secret staircase, which we will get to. Yeah. And um, I wound up getting a bookmark um, from there, too, which, um, which says on it, um, Salem, teaching fine witches since 1692. And it's a, it's a wooden bookmark. Um, it wasn't very expensive, but I liked Surprising. it. Yeah, surprisingly, because it's made out of wood, but I liked it. So, I picked up a bookmark from there, and a witch print, and a couple of postcards. And I think that was it from when we visited the House of the Seven Gables. Um. Yeah, and then we went to the tour. And then we went on the tour, and we, we were... Paul was going to record some stuff, but the House of the Seven Gables has a strict policy on photography and tape recordings. Yeah, so we weren't allowed to take any pictures inside the House of the Seven Gables while on tour or record anything. So we are sorry about that. That was out of our hands. Uh, We were going to, but it was, it's just a big no-no. Yeah. So, we would have probably had more pictures in our, our Salem, Massachusetts, uh, Massachusetts trip photo album. But, than what we have. Than what we have, but... We were Salem is very... Um, strict about photography and... Yeah. Recording stuff. Yep. So... Which sucks. So, maybe, maybe next time. Maybe our return trip will take more pictures and stuff like that, and maybe do... Something Maybe. else. Yeah. It depends. Uh, yeah, so, so not, um, I'm going to just say now, the first room that we went to inside the House of the Seven Gables, um, I was almost touching the ceiling because that's just how small the room was. And I'm like five foot eleven, So if you got to think, like, if I was almost touching the ceiling, um... Yeah. Yeah, the ceilings were really low, and the reason why the ceilings were so low in in the House of the Seven Gables or in most houses is because they wanted to retain the heat that was inside the dwellings. Yeah. So, that's the reason why they had, like, low ceilings is to, because heat rises, and if there isn't really high ceilings and it's a small space, then it pretty much heats up the whole space and you're not burning through firewood like like you can with a bigger room yeah like you will with a bigger room which um we'll get into too because let's see it was uh what was it the next room you, it started to get a little bit bigger like not too big but like you can definitely tell it started to become more spacey and hallways are not so spacey, though. No. Um, we, there were a couple of parts inside the House of the Seven Gables where you had to squeeze. And, um, poor Paul had to duck several times because, like he said, the ceilings weren't very high in the House of the Seven Gables. There were a couple of rooms where the ceilings were high, but those were like, like special rooms, like the dining room and the bedroom and stuff like that. Especially the bedroom. Yeah, the bedroom had, I think, the highest ceilings, like the 
oh, yeah. parlor. It definitely has. Definitely, I think had the highest one. Same with the um, well, what me, they call it, uh, the entertainment parlor. room. Yeah, the parlor. Yeah, the parlor. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yep. And um. At one point in the tour, um, after we left the f- the first room, which she talked about, that's the room where she talked about the ceilings, the low ceilings, and the heat, and she talked about the, s- the sense shop, which is what sometimes people would do inside of their homes, is they would open up, like, this little, like, this little store or shop to sell like things out of their home to make extra money for their families which i thought that was interesting um there was a lot of stuff to try to retain from um all the tours from all the tours that we took but we're we're pretty much telling you by memory by memory what we remember um but we took in a lot of information on these tours and we did a couple of them but anyways, so we we get we get into the next room. She talks about the living room and stuff or, or the dining room and stuff like that. And then um which were pretty much like a pretty fancy room filled with very I would say expensive like tableware. Uh, tableware and everything else. I mean, that room was pretty Nice looking. Yeah, it was pretty done up. Yeah. And And then... She was talking about the paint, too. Yeah, what was it it, about the paint? There was like a... It was like a white white paint with, like, copper material mixed into it, which made it turn, like, react and turn into, like, this, like, unique green. Yeah. Like a chemical reaction to the copper and the paint, which we both thought that was really interesting. And the color was pretty, too. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was a pretty color, so it was just like, wow. Um, Who would have thought of that? So, one of the things that we notice when we get into this room that we're talking about, the, the dining room that we're talking about, is that we all get in there and this little door closes that's faded into a wall. And when we're talking, um, small. what she said, small or tiny door... We we mean it. Like, yeah, it was a it was a very small door. It was like like small enough for a child to fit through. Maybe like a teenager. Like maybe, maybe like was, teenager. Not height. like a full size adult or like a five foot eleven guy like Paul. No, that's <laughs> when I had to duck. Yeah. So. After we we get through like listening to about the dining room and the and the story about um, the lady that run it, run the house, that which eventually couldn't afford it, sold it. Yeah, they it got, got it back. Yeah, it got sold around, passed around quite a bit. Um, the tour guide Isabella, she opened the door and she's like. Do I have any volunteers that want to lead the group? So I, of course, volunteered myself to go to lead the group. And up the stairway. Up the secret stairway of the Seven Gables. Which is what I'm talking about when it comes to the magnet. When it comes to 
stuff that I kind of like Tessa was saying with the postcards. So it's kind of like one of those like, oh, my Jeep climb Mount Rushmore or whatever, like that type of bumper sticker. In this case, I got the magnet that pretty much says I climbed the secret staircase at House of Seven Gables. Because, why, babe? Because as you go up into the, the, the secret stairwell of the House of the Seven Gables, this space gets smaller. It gets cramped. It gets holy shit like you ha- feel like you have to like... Twist and turn your body in ways mm-hmm. that you wouldn't even, even think. And not just that, but hold your damn breath just to get up into the second part of the house. Just to get up the second part of the stairs. Third house, I think. The th- yeah, up into the... Well, actually, yeah, because the stairwell goes up and goes past the second floor and goes right no, up to right the up third to the floor. Right up to the attic. Right up to the attic. So, yeah, so you legitly have to freaking, like, hold your breath and contort your body in ways that you, you know, wouldn't normally have to to get up a stairwell, like Paul says. And at one point, when I'm actually leading the group and I'm getting up into the second part of the stairs, I go, holy shit, because it's just like, it's so freaking tiny and small and cramped, it's like almost claustrophobic. Oh, it's very claustrophobic. So, I would feel bad for anybody who's claustrophobic. I would not recommend doing the secret stairwell. If she offers you to do, like, if your tour guide offers you to do, like, the alternative route. Like ours did. Like ours did, do it. Because if you're severely claustrophobic, I would not recommend going up the secret stairwell. Because it is really cramped. It's like shimmying through, like... A hole in a cave. Yeah, like, I'm trying to think of another place, I think it's overseas even, where um, the guy made like a secret room, but in order to get to it, once again, you got to squeeze through just to get up there. But I don't remember the place, the, the place at the moment, so maybe... Which is crazy, because who thinks of this stuff? I mean, oh my god. <laughs> I don't know. What makes anybody go through? Oh, I want to make a secret place, but in order to get to it, you got to squeeze. So Yeah, you legitly got to squeeze through this tiny little opening. Yeah, but once <laughs> you're on top, I was still kind of confused, too, because like we got brought up to the third floor that we didn't know at the time was the third floor. Which but is pretty much empty except for a dresser. There was and nothing like else. a clock. Yeah, there was nothing else in there but, like, a dresser and a clock. There was no bed, no furniture of any kind. And then you see our tour guide, Isabella, coming through another door in the wall. The alternative. The alternative door, which brings us into the attic, or otherwise known as one of the part, one of the gables of yes, the house. Yeah, one of the gables. It's one of the gables. This gable in the attic was facing the, uh, what do I want to call it? The ocean... Or the... Yeah, it was facing out into the sea. Yeah. Yeah, so... And this is also the part of the tour where <clears throat> Isabella was explaining, like, the structure of the House of the Seven Gables and how it came to be and how it's changed over the years and, you know, what was added onto it and what it was originally and all this other stuff. 
So that's what With, she would. Well, that was a lot of information. That too. was a lot of information. So I'm just basically telling you, like, I'm giving you like a short version of it. And um, she um, so after we got out of the attic, um, where did we go? We went the down parlor, s- right? Yeah, we went downstairs into the parlor, I believe. And um, oh no, 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 no we went the to parlor. the uh, no, didn't we go to the the bedroom? Oh yeah, she brought us to the bedroom, um, the the master bedroom. Which yeah. This is where the walls now are like. This is where the ceilings are higher, and Paul does not have to duck or shrink himself down or anything like that. He can stand normal. No, because this is now where the the tour guy pretty much said now because of Nathaniel Hawthorne has money now from like his career and stuff. um, He can afford more firewood to help warm the house. So firewood isn't really an issue anymore. So this, so yeah, so that's what happened. It, the uh, ceiling became bigger and stuff like that. And I'm trying to think. Am I thinking of the right part? You're gonna have to help help me remember now. Was it the parlor or the bedroom that had the um, the secret dash? Parlor. Okay, so then the parlor I'll, had the secret stash in the wall. Yeah, so I'll, then I'll wait with on that one. But yeah, um, is it also the parlor then that had that ridiculously time-consuming wallpaper that they had to use stamps with? Yes. Okay, so then I, yeah, I'm going too far then. That's okay, but um. But one of the things we'll mention about the bedroom area is that there was this there was this long implement that she talked about that looked like scissors. But what it was in actuality it was an old-fashioned curling iron that they would use to like heat over the fire and then like women would curl their hair or men would curl their wigs to get that fancy like curly do that they get with their wigs back then so that was kind of that was kind of interesting yeah that did seem interesting considering i always kind of wondered how they got that look they got that look so that kind of helped explain too so now like after we get out of this room and she tells us about the bedroom the master bedroom we move on to the parlor which is which is one of which is a pretty interesting looking room, like Paul had mentioned a little bit before. There was this room had very interesting wallpaper, which was pretty much done by stamp, hand stamped and hand painted, like individually. So not not one flower on that wallpaper looked this like looked identical. It, it was different and. In little ways. Yeah. But, like like she was saying, pretty expensive and also time consuming. Yep. Considering the uh, wallpaper. Um, then she also mentioned the secret stash that was going on in the parlor, which I want one. Yeah, it's a door that she, would, she opened up and it, um... It was like it was like a man's 
dream of having like a secret stash in a yeah, way, like where all the liquor it. and beer would go, kind of thing. Yeah, it was pretty much one of those things that was just like, holy crap, this is like beautiful. It was so well done, and what was she also mentioning? She was talking about the paint. Yeah. It was, um, it was, the, the gold trim was actually gold leaf. It was actually real gold. And there was also, like, a blue, like a, oh, God, it was, like, a really pretty blue color. And that was, like, it was, like, considered, like, I don't know, like a royal color. Royal, white blue or something, like. Anyway, the point of this kind of saying it like that is because, unfortunately, it got painted over. Yeah, somebody painted Somebody over. painted this, this beautiful thing over, which I kind of, I would kill whoever painted over it, but I guess that's me. But we'll, we'll get, we'll talk more about wanting to kill people too at a later point in time. And, um, because there was definitely something else, something else that kicked me and Tessa off as well. But we will get to that when we do. So, anyways. So we get through the tour of the Seven Gables. We get outside. And we get to see the, um, the garden. Which is really pretty. And the whole, like, backyard of opens up out into the sea. You can see the harbor, which is gorgeous. And we went on a really good day. It was um, clear blue sky, pretty much, with a little bit of cloud in the air, 74 degree weather. Really nice, really beautiful day. And yeah, you couldn't, you couldn't ask for a really good day. You couldn't ask for a better day for us to go on a bus trip. Yep. Um, thank you, Mother Nature. Yes, thank you, Mother Nature, for giving us a good day. Yes. Anyways, so we're out in the backyard, and she's talking about um, Nathaniel Hawthorne's birth house being moved onto the property. You remember that? Yeah, which they Union. bought the house by using by from a Union. dollar. Yeah, they they bought it for a dollar. It was over on another street called Union. And they had it moved over in two pieces, sawed in half and brought over in two pieces. Yep. So, and there were pictures and stuff on the inside for it. Yeah, for the moving of how it was a bit, how it came to be. Yep. Yep, and there was also um, <clears throat> when we got inside that house because we got to look around inside um, Nathaniel Hawthorne's birth house. Once again, though, no photos, no nothing. No photos, no recording, no nothing, which was very sad because there was a lot of pretty um, quotes and poetry and stuff scribed on the walls. Yeah, there's one that I'm trying to remember what it said. It was like um, something about time, the time stand, but the shadow... Re remain or something along yeah. the lines of shadow yeah. get left behind or something yeah, like it's the same one I like. yeah. 
Yeah, like that right there was a really good quote. Um, really pretty. There was definitely another one that we saw where me and Tessa both were just like, damn. Yeah, because it was, it was pretty deep. Yeah, that was the one behind the door, right? Yeah, the one about love. Yeah, yeah, that one was pretty deep. Then there was that other one upstairs that I don't really remember what was said on that one, but. There was another one up there that was pretty deep. Yeah, it was another, it was another, I think that was another, like, romantic one. Just like they had the original drawings and the original cover for that book. Oh, yeah, Pandora's Box. Yeah, Pandora's Box. And, um, Old Fable was up there, and some of other, some other uh, Nathaniel Hawthorne books were up in a, up in a glass. Yep. Oh, it was it was very it was very neat and educational. We got to walk through, you know, that one by ourselves. That was a self guided tour. Yeah. So that was fun. But yeah, we definitely enjoyed going to the house with seven gables and and then we took some pictures um outside because we were allowed to take pictures outside. But not inside. But not inside. So, so we could take pictures of the outside of the house. With which makes no sense, but whatever. And, we, and I took some pictures of the garden outside the gables, and so did Paul. And he took a picture of the sign. Uh, and then we went, and then after the tours, we went and, um... We went back to... To the gift shop. Well, we were going back to Essex Street, so we could find our way back to Essex Street, which we came across a gift shop called Which Way Gift. Which, there was so much wants in there that yeah, so much wants there were just us. too much wants. Too much wants for both of us. We, we just, we could have gone crazy in there with money, but we, uh, we restrained ourselves. Pretty good, pretty much for the most part. <laughs> yeah, we, um, we, we tried to, um, enact a good level of restraint, but there was, it's definitely worth the return visit because um, we oh, definitely yeah. want to go back and um, get some other things that we wanted. Yeah, hopefully we can maybe get into the museum as well. Yeah. Which, uh, they need to sell tickets ahead of time, not not have to be there to get yeah, the tickets. Yeah, they should opt an option to, like, make it so that you can buy your tickets or at least reserve your tickets online and then pick them up. Yes. Or have them mail them to you or, you know, give like give you like an email receipt or something like Kinda that. Kind of like I had to do when with my tour. We we per, or I purchased tickets for what was it called? The Haunted Footsteps uh yeah, tour. Yeah, Yeah, it, it was called like the Haunted Footsteps or tour or something like that. And um, I bought the tickets online. I, all I had to do was just print out my receipt of my purchase. And when we got there, we got the little ticket thing. And on the way, we went. Now, when we left, we also, um, I think Tessa also took a couple other pictures too like the witch's uh cafe and 
workshops and things that we went into that had some really neat names, you know, stuff like that. Yeah, which I will say, uh, Witch's Way gift, I actually purchased a, um, like a poster thing. It's a 17 by 11, uh, poster thing, but it has everybody's names that were victims of the Salem Witch Trial, which yeah. is pretty nice because... And it's, and, um, also the, the poster that Paul is talking about, the picture, it has each of the victims' names on it, when they were arrested, and when they were executed, and where they were, where they were from. You know, and it's just, it's really neat piece of history. Yeah, like, once again, there's way too much information that we even heard on the Haunted Footsteps tour that would be, it's going to be impossible to even begin to explain the tour, but we'll just put it this way. Um, If you think you know enough, you might want to think again. Yeah, we definitely wish we could have recorded when we went on some stuff, so just so, you know, we could share with you guys what we heard. But we weren't allowed to um, record on certain things. Yeah, and... I was going to try to record the Haunted Footstep one, but since it was outside stuff, and the guy had to use a um, speaker box. box. Plus, we were dealing with traffic and people. Yeah, we we were dealing with traffic and people, and we also had um, a guy try to, like, join us. That didn't pay and stuff, and that was interesting, but whatever, um, I guess. Uh, yeah, anyway, so we were on our way back to Exit Street. Finally found Exit Street. Find the hotel that I've always been wanting to stay because they do like a Salem. Yeah, Hawthorne Hotel because they, uh, they do like a Salem bundle if you stay there. Which for two nights, um, when I was going to plan on going, it was going to be almost around 600 bucks, but it's worth it because you're pretty much going to, like, Hawthorne Hotel is, like, right in the middle of everything. And when I mean everything, I mean, like, you're a block away from Salem Witch Museum Right across the street is where Exit Street you is. Could, you could literally go downstairs, walk out the front door of the lobby, walk across the street, and be on Essex Street. Yeah, I mean, I mean, and then if you even walk out of Hawthorne Hotel, depending on where, um, if you are looking at where Essex Street is, but instead of crossing the street to go to Essex, but if you cross the street... To the left, if you're looking at Essex, like I said, and then you take a little bit of a left again, you're going to end up at that herb shop there. Uh, what was it called? Artemisian Botanicals. Yes, that. Yeah. Yeah, so I mean... Which is like my new favorite, like, herb shop. Yeah, so... Um, like I said, Hawthorne Hotel is like right in the middle of everything, but... 
The reason why it's pretty expensive, too, is not only do you get a hotel room for two nights, we'll just say, um, you can actually choose ticket, two tickets to two museums that you would love to go to. And one of the, um, or quite, quite a few of the ticket options would be like the Salem Witch Museum. Another one is like the Salem Witch Dungeon, I think it's called, or the Witch Dungeon. I forget how exactly. Yeah, I, I think that's what I it is. I forget exactly which one it is, but I think another one is like House of the Seven Gables. They give you a ticket for too. Like they, there's a list online as you go to hoshornhotel.com or whatever. And, um, just look up the packages, and it should say, like, the Salem package. And that's where you can learn everything. Which, to me, that's a good deal. But, who knows for whoever wants to do whatever, so. Anyway, so, yeah, so we finally find Essex Street, and what, babe? Um, oh my god. So much to take him. There's witch shops from one end of, from the beginning end of Essex Street all the way down to the end of it. Crazy packed. So many people. You got Crowhaven Corner on Essex Street. You've got Omen. You've got Hex. Old, um... The Old World Depot, Witchery, you got, you got Trolley Depot, you got Bewitched, um, you've got Witch Picks. Explain Witch Picks. Witch Picks is a, um, is a, um, place that you can go to. Um, and you can, you can do anything from doing, like, like a single person to, like, a group or a couple, and you can, you can get your pictures done prof professionally, and you can dress up in costume as a witch, a warlock, um, wizard, a wizard, um, something out of, like, Game, Game of Thrones, even, you can, you can dress up as pretty much, like, anything, anything. so, <clears throat> So Paul and I, we go and we um, we go in to check it out, and Paul Paul decides that um, you know it's okay, we can do it. So Paul and I, we wait, we we you know sign up, we go, we wait and wait in line for a while, and we wait to get um, fitted into costume and. Um, be brought to set, which there are, there are three, there are three sets that you can have your pictures done on, that you have your pictures done on, that you can choose from if you, you know, depending on what package deal that you do, whether or not you get one image or all your images. So there's one where you can be standing around a crystal ball. You got another one where you can be standing on, on a broom, sitting on a broom, or um, standing around a cauldron casting spells. Yeah. So, Paul, we did all of them, obviously. We did all three sets. We wound up getting all of our images. And, um... On a USB. On a USB that we got to take home with us, which is great. Yep. 
And the USB is actually pretty unique. You want to tell them about the USB, babe? Um, well, it's like it's like a slide in like a slide USB for starters. It had Wickpick logo on it, and yeah, pretty much what like what any USB will be, I guess. Yeah, but it was just pretty neat that it you know it was um. It had the Witch Picks logo put on it, and it was pretty unique looking. Yeah. USB. It's not like something plain, so it was worth the money that we paid for it. Which was probably the most expensive thing I bought on Salem trip, but whatever. Um. We had seventy-five pictures taken of us. Sixty, I thought. Mm-mm. Seventy-five. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. Okay. Yep. They took seventy-five of us. Hmm. Oops. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Anyway, <laughs> I did not know that. But yeah, the idea was since I'm doing witch picks, cause uh, tell me about the plans, babe. Like, like what? What's the lowest? Price you can pay the to lowest to the, the lowest pi- price that you can pay for um a package is like thirty five dollars plus they charge you two dollars and ninety nine cents to dress you and undress you and so that's that's for the lowest possible package you can get and that's for one image. And then the highest package that you could possibly pay for is paying for the USB, which is about a hundred bucks, give or take. And Uh, you can about about a hundred bucks. Yeah, but not only are you getting the USB, you can get two printed images. You can get two printed images. Or you could have you could have things added on like an eight by ten or a magnet. wallet or a magnet or a five by seven you know stuff like that. You can have stuff added on, but they they add you like an extra ten buck ten to fourteen bucks for each add on you put on. Yep. So I just went with the eighty dollar one. Paul just went with the USB, buying the USB, got all of our images, so we could just bring it bring it home with us, and we could decide what images we want, and print them up at our leisure. Yeah, that way we... We could print up as many as we wanted. Yeah. And not be charged, like, and really for it. not just that, but we also got permission to do it, too. Yeah, we got so, the rights for it. We have the right to print them out, so, because we even asked that. Or you did. Yeah. And um, what did the lady tell you about it? About she's the permission? Like, she's like, I know some places will, you know, restrict you, you know, based on, like, if you have rights for the pictures because they're done professionally from this establishment or whatever or another. But the rights are on the USB, so don't worry. You won't have any problem printing them up. You know, just tell them that you have the rights to them. 
Yeah, but we still even need to actually do that, too. We still need to work at them and actually see what's on the USB itself. Yeah, we got to go through our pictures and figure out which ones we want to print up and stuff like that and frame. and All that other goodness. But it was actually a lot of fun. Yeah, surprisingly. Even yeah. though it took like an hour. But, holy shit. It was a lot of fun, though. Yeah. Um... So, after we did that, we went and explored um, various witch shops around Salem. I can't remember all of the names, but we went into quite a few. We, if I think it sounded we, interesting, we pretty much went in. So. Yeah, if it, sounded, if it sounded interesting or appealing, or if we saw something in the window that caught our attention... Like me with most shiny things. Yeah, um, like Bewitch, uh, Omen, Hex. Uh, the New England, New New England witch witchcraft shop. Yep. Yeah, there's just way too many to even keep track. Yeah. So. There's a couple that we didn't get to go to this time around, but we definitely plan on our return trip. Like, like maybe for like our anniversary, we want to. Our two-year anniversary, we want to go back to Salem and, you know, spend a weekend there. But there was, um, we didn't get to see, in, uh, go to Enchanted. Um, there's a candle place in Salem called Witch City Wicks that I wanted us to go to and check out, but we couldn't f flip and find it. Yeah, that was weird. And we couldn't find Enchanted either because Enchanted wasn't on Essex Street at all. It was like on a totally different street somewhere else in Salem. Which we didn't know Salem, that. Which we didn't even know that until we like searched it on the internet. And um, what else? We um, didn't get the, um, a chance to take a look at the witch house. Yeah, the witch house. Or the wit or the um witch dungeon. No, because I don't think witch dungeon was even on Essex either. Mm -mm. I forget where that is anyway. No, but. it was on a different street. But like we already have a list like compiled up already of places we want to you know go to and venture to that we didn't get to go to this time around. And then we have ones that we definitely want to revisit when we go back, like certain shops that we really liked. Like, Paul and I really enjoyed um, Hex, um, Old World Witchery Shop. Which Way Gifts. Which Way Gifts we really <laughs> enjoyed. Um, Omen was pretty cool looking on the inside, so wasn't Bewitched. Um, Crowhaven Corner, we freaking absolutely loved the f their their bookcase in there. Yeah, we we are we noticed like two books that we definitely want to get when we were getting ready to leave Salem last night, but we didn't get we weren't able to get them. But we um put them down as a reference so we could remember the title, so we could get them at at some point in time. At some point in time, but. Like, all of these places that we uh, we got to go to were just a lot of fun and so much want. So much want. Like, you should also say, um, uh, what was also in Hex? There, there is an altar 
inside of Hex, um, Hex Shop that is dedicated to honoring the dead. And that is honoring your loved ones or people who've passed, like famous people, like Tom Petty and stuff like that. I saw pictures in there, him on there. Yep. And, um, where you can write down, like, the name of your loved one or someone you care about that is passed on and put it on the altar. And there's actually a human skull... Named Robert. Named Robert that sits upon this altar, and you're not allowed to put anything on it or anything like that because uh, on Robert because it's just considered, it's disrespectful. Yeah, like, there's a sign that even said, don't put notes in Robert's eyes, he is real, it's disrespectful. Yeah, so we, um, I actually took a picture of that altar, too, and, um, Put it up in our little photo album thingy on Facebook. But anyways, there's also a um, statue of, um, I forget her name. I'm drawing a blank, but the witch from the TV series Bewitched. Sitting on a broom with the moon in the background of her, sitting in this park that's over by, um... Hex and, um, yeah. Over by Hex. Yeah. And, um, it was also, that was also, like, a historical point, that was also a, a historical point in the tour that we took yeah, later on that night. Yeah, where the old courthouse used to be. Yeah, with the judge. So it was kind of, he, he kind of, um, the tour guide, Giovanni, uh, Giovanni, he, um, he even, like, chuckled and said how, how ironic it is that there's an actual, like, statue of a witch sitting on this piece of land now. Oh, yeah, because of the, um, the whole... Oh, what was it? Because it because of the whole the joke, pretty much is the fact that pretty much karma came back and bit him in the ass. Yeah, yeah, pretty, pretty much, much is what the joke was. Yeah, I just can't remember how it went, but yeah, pretty much it was just saying like how like no witch will be like no nothing witchy or whatever will be like on the old courthouse's land or whatever, and then like three hundred years later, there's a witch statue on the property. Yeah, that is pretty funny and comical in my opinion. Yeah, and <clears throat> like the joke was pretty much trying to say like karma comes back and and can bite you in the ass. Yep, karma comes back and bites you in the ass. But yeah, it was pretty funny. Uh, that guy that did the tour actually did a really good job. He, he knew his shit, which was really cool. Really yeah. good. Hence why we tipped him at the end. Yeah, we gave him a tip at the end, because yep. he was just, he was really good. Yeah, he was really good. He was hilarious, too, trying to make some jokes while he was telling us the historical stuff. But it was all fun and games, um, especially the uh, part in the tour where he talks about witch cakes. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah, where he talks about um, the witch cakes, where they would take... Their own urine, like urine of the the um, afflicted, the afflicted, yep. And they would bake it into a cake. They'd bake it into a bread, and they would feed it to a dog. 
And if the dog displayed, like, any, like, symptoms or any discomfort whatsoever, the afflicted would be de- would be um, condemned as a witch. And, yeah. Yeah, you already know what happens then, so. Yeah, execution. Yep. Kind of like he did a good job explaining the whole, um, if you sink in the water, you would drown, but if you were to float, you're pretty much considered a witch. Mm-hmm. And he knew, like I said, he knew his stuff, which is stuff I already knew, but it's just good to hear that people, like, know their stuff, too, because, I mean, Salem has a lot of history, and it go, it really shows how humanity had changed in the past 300 years of how, like, science, or whatever you want to call it, has proved, like, our oxygen and organs and stuff like that pretty much is almost somewhat of the reason that we're, like, almost a balloon that just floats up into the water. It's not like back then where we didn't know, and, of course, kind of like that trial, like, if you're going to be accused of a witch... Let's put it this way. You can either drown, you'll either drown in the water, or if you float to the top, you're pretty much considered a witch. So either way, you're pretty much fucked. So, um, I'm trying to remember the name of it, but the dunk one, where you get dunked in the chair, like that was another good one. Yeah, like, they would put you in a chair, pretty much strap you in, and it almost, almost in a way acts like a catapult, per se. Like, it just, it kind of had, like, that same design a little bit, but not really. But the idea is, like, you get dunked into the water. And once again, it's pretty much like, you're gonna drown if you don't, uh, confess. If you don't confess that you're a witch, then you're going to f- drown. It's kind of like the whole... If you sword, though. Either way, though. You either confess that you're a witch, or they drown you. But and even then, they're still going to kill you. It doesn't matter confess. anyway, because what I'm going to get to is, like, this this same thing, this Duncan chair thing, is almost like the whole, if you sink, you're screwed. If you float to the top, you're screwed. So the chair is pretty much the same way. Like, no matter what, you're fucking screwed. So. It's just, it's, yeah, it's a lose, it's a lose, lose. It's not even a win-win. And that's why too many people got accused and executed. And except for a few people. Because one of them was actually pressed to death by stones, which that would be Giles Corey. Yep, Giles Corey was crushed by stone. Crushed by stone, who was also known for the famous quote as, more weight. He held out for 48 hours. 48 hours. Before he died. Before cursing Salem. And he's like 
something-year-old man. 81-year-old man that was getting a stone placed upon him, what was it, every hour. Yeah. And you got to think, 48 hours? Ugh. Like, I wonder if they even stopped putting stones on him at one point, or if they kept it going, because if they did it every hour, that's 48 rocks. And I wonder how big of a size rocks they are, even. Because actually, wait a minute. I think the tour guy said he had almost well over, um, what was it? Like 200 pounds, if not more, yeah. on him. Because I think they were also saying, like, at one point, one of the judges, before putting, like, the stone on him, would actually step on the board that they were using for the rock to try to make him confess before placing the stone on him. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, and then right before he died, he cursed Salem. He cursed. So anytime something really bad happens in Salem, they the superstition in, or the not not so much the superstition, but they do they believe, believe in that the curse. it's they believe that it is the curse of Giles Corey. And another guy, actually two more, I think, three more, I think three more. I want to say three more. Let's see, we got. We got, uh, Whittier Dustin of Reading, who died in prison. We got Ann Foster, who died in jail. They don't even know when, what the date was when she died in jail. Um, we also have Sarah Osborne, who died in jail, which, I um I remember in school I never really learned anything about her really mainly it was like Bridget Bishop of course because she was the first one to go to get accused which her her story is definitely really really interesting if you don't know um, Bridget Bishop's story uh let's see. So, Sarah Osborne was the last one I said, and I want to say there was one more. Yes, there is, right here. The last person to die in jail was Roger Tuhasserk? I don't even know how to even pronounce his last name. Roger Tuhasserk or something. Tuhasserk. Tooth, tooth Haker. Tooth Haker, yeah. Um, yeah. Out of, just, just the name, distinct, except for Giles Corey, but the other names I just mentioned all died in jail or prison. Giles Corey got pressed, got crushed to death with stones, pretty much breaking his rib cage to the point where it probably punctured his lungs and pretty much crushed him to death. Otherwise, everybody else that is on the list here of the Salem Witchcraft Trials died from hanging. So, yeah. 
Is there anything you want to add about the tour? Um, it was just, it was very, it was very informative, and, um, it, it was quite enjoyable, and we learned about the various different points in the city, like, everything from, like, the courthouse to the jail to, like, Bridget Bishop. Birth house. Her yep. birth house to, like, um. Sarah Bishop. Um, not birth house, but her job, I think it was, or bar or something. I think so, yeah. Because, yeah. like, because he even was saying, like, sometimes those two names got confused, too, between uh, Bridget Bishop and Sarah, Bi- Sarah, <laughs> Sarah Bishop, because, um, I guess they didn't live that far from each other, and... One would try to blame the other, which uh, the tour guide was pretty much wondering the same thing. Like, if they meant Bridget or Sarah at one point, because because of the whole bar thing, because of the whole Miss Bishop thing, which, yeah, that kind of um, makes a lot of sense. Because we don't really know which one at some point in time would... If it would whether if if it, if it was like Bridget or Sarah, we don't really know because of the whole Miss Bishop, especially since there were two ladies with the same last name. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um. Yeah. Otherwise, that tour was very information like up informationally filled. Yeah, like, there was way too much to take in. Like, nobody even asked questions because I think it was just way too much knowledge to yeah, take in. Yeah, it was so much to absorb. Yeah. It was almost, it was almost two, it was almost a two hour, almost a two hour tour. And it was, it was just, it was really good. G- Giovanni did a good job. Yeah, I agree. And like Tessa was saying too, that's why we tipped him. Because he knew his shit. And that's good. And I would definitely recommend the Haunted Footsteps tour. Just like another tour that we, um... (laughs) We accidentally... Joined in at the wrong timing because we thought... Yeah, we accidentally joined in on a tour that was actually ending... And we thought it was where we were supposed to go for the, 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 the Salem Witch Walk. Which, it surprisingly had the Salem Witch Walk in the title, so that's why we got confused. <clears throat> but we, we pretty much walked in on the end of it. And they did, like, a, a blessing ritual... Right at the end. At the end, and the tour guy's name was Tom, and he was from Crowhaven Corner. And um, he he did a, a magical blessing for the victims of the Salem Witch Trials of 1692. Which I thought was very awesome. And um, we'll get into another thing that I kind of mentioned before about... Um, uh, there was something else that ticked Tessa and I off, but 
But I'll finish. I'll finish off on the little thingy that we um, walked in on the end of. So. Too bad we didn't finish it. To, yeah. To take the little rock, but that's okay. Yeah, well, that'll be something that we'll definitely have to do when we go on a return yeah. trip, is we'll definitely have to do this one. Yeah. Because we thought, like, just the ending was really cool. We could only imagine what the whole tour was like. Right. We wish we had more time in Salem. We would have we done, done it anyway. It. We would have done it anyway. But the blessing that he had handed out um, to us, to us to when we didn't really know at the like, time that we were in the wrong place at the wrong like, time. Until, like, maybe we, like... Right. When he mentioned that it was, like, the end of the tour. Yeah. And we were just kind of like, oh, oh shit. shit. <laughs> <laughs> but the blessing, the, the little blessing ritual thing that he did was actually really cool, and I'm going to read it. And he had he was, he was standing in, in front of an outside altar with a candle lit and everything while he we were all doing this blessing. And it goes, as we do our blessing today, we ask you call on your higher power in. Please help us raise energy from within. To the victims of 1692, please let them know what was done to them was not right. As we send them love and light. In Salem Town, you proudly stood. Bridget Bishop, Sarah Good. Susanna Martin, Elizabeth Howe. Rebecca Nurse, we stand here now. Sarah Wilds, George Jacobs, and Martha Carrier. In your honor, we build this barrier. George Burroughs and John Proctor, please accept our offer. Let us tell the world your stories, John Willard, Giles, and Martha Corey. Even as the nights get darker, Mary Eastie, Alice, and Mary Parker. And Pudeter and Wilmot Reed, you did not die in vain, we plead. Help our words ring true to tell, Margaret Scott and Samuel Wardwell. And other victims of overlooked, so many other lives fear took. In your names, we send the fire of love and truth and knowledge higher. And on the back of this, um, this ritual, blessing ritual that he gave us, Tom gave us from Crowhaven Corner, mistakenly because we didn't know we were in the wrong place at the wrong time, it says, The Victims of 1692 Salem Witch Trials. And it gives the names of all, all of all of the victims that he had recited and that we all recited in the blessing, and it tells about them, like it tells about the like things about them as a person. Yeah, like Bridget like Bishop. Like personal things, like Bridget Bishop, for example, often confused with a young tavern owner of the same last name and rumored to have had an apple orchard. Bridget Bishop was actually an older woman who had been married three times. And that's where uh, Bridget Bishop's story gets interesting. Because she got, she pretty much would get an accused um, from her husband dying. 
So, but the last nail in the coffin <laughs> was the last husband, pretty much. And because he was trying to say that Bridget Bishop was bewitching him. And what happened to him? He died. He essentially, it essentially appeared as if she had cursed him and he died. Pretty much is what happened. Yeah. It's essentially what the courts believed happened. Yep. So. Oh, you, you keep murdering your husband, you know, you're a witch. Yeah, that you've had three husbands and they've all died while they've been married to you. You're a witch. So yeah, um, I usually always talk about Bridget Bishop just because she not only was she the first one to get accused, but she had a very interesting quote that I used in my um, new book that I published in The Light and the Darkness, and I'll have to find that quote real quick. But Tessa can mention something while I'm looking, or while she looked for it. And it's in the witches um, piece. And the quote from Bridget Bishop is, I am no witch. I am innocent. I know nothing of it. There's another famous Bridget Bishop uh, quote, too, that we saw um, on the wall somewhere, but I don't remember the quote right now. So, unfortunately, that's going to have to be another quote I'll have to try to find at some point in time. What else, babe? What else can we uh, talk about real quick? I know I think that's pretty much it. Um... Unless you wanted to talk about your... Oh, wait, no, I know what we need to talk about. So, before we went on to our um, tour, I noticed on the map the Wit Trial Cemetery and the memorial where you can give respect. So, we went that way, went into the cemetery, right, which is right next to where you can... Um, put down flowers and stuff. And mementos, too. And mementos to those that were accused and stuff like that. And, um... As a means to honor them. Yeah, pretty much to honor them. And, uh... So... Yeah, I'm gonna let Tessa take this. So, Paul and I, we are... Walking carefully around the memorial cemetery. And we are also observing, as we are carefully walking around the headstones, that there are people, like, jumping over, like, leapfrogging over gravestones. Laying on top of them. Laying on top of them, trampling all over them. You know, just generally just being rude and disturbing them. 
And disrespecting them. And disrespecting them. So, Paul and I are just, like... Shaking our heads. Shaking our heads, like, wow. Like, some people are just seriously disrespectful and have no respect for the dead. And Paul's watching me walk around, like... Tiptoeing. Tiptoeing around the gravestones and stuff and, you know, being respectful as possible and... Then he's seeing everybody else just pretty much running around them, running all over them, and everything else you could possibly think of to possibly disrespect. And the best part of this story is the Salem police is like right there, where on the on the sign for the cemetery, pretty much there's a sign that pretty much says like. Don't disrespect the dead, pretty much, and, like, and if you see any suspicious activity, that we need to let, notify the police, and I'm thinking to myself, there's a cop right in here, and he's not even doing jack shit. He's just standing here, just watching people just disturb and disrespect and defile so these headstones. it makes me wonder if people really do believe that the dead still exist, can still exist. Well, I guess they'll uh, know for sure if they end up getting cursed from disrespecting the graves. Well, I hope they do. Mm -hmm. I hope they do get cursed. Because then we can just, they can send them letters like people have to do with Robert in Florida. Yeah. Yeah, asking for forgiveness and stuff. Mm Mm-hmm. I mean... I don't know what else to do, and I mean, pretty soon, uh, we're going to be having the Day of the Dead. Yeah, exactly. So, so, Paul and I definitely want to do the Salem Witch Walk for um, Crowhaven Corner next time we go, because we just loved how they ended it. I mean, I didn't feel quite right about staying and accepting it when I didn't actually go on the tour to pay for it, that type of thing. But, like, it was nice to actually, you know, get a glimpse into the tour to see if it would be something that we actually would want Yeah. to do. Which, I mean, the guy, Tom was nice about it, at least. Like, yeah. He he came up over to us after, and he was just like joking around, with joking us. with us about how um, we realized that like oh shit like we were not even supposed to be here, even though we were looking. We thought it was probably the start of the tour, though, because mm-hmm. because on the paperwork or receipt that I had for like the tour that we did. It said to meet me like 15 minutes prior to 4.30. So we're tr- thinking, okay, Crow Haven, Salem Witch Walk. And then in, instead, it ended up being this whole different tour that um, we completely... On Center Street. That we came walking all the way back from. Like, we were already we on actually, that street. Yeah, we actually had walked past it because we were coming back. We were going back to Crow Haven Corner. Because that's where we thought we had to go for the tour. Well, in all actuality, the tour that we needed to go to, the location for it was on Center Street, which we had walked past. Central. To get to... Central. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Central. Yeah. Way too many names to remember anyway, but yeah, I A mean... A lot of street names. 
Yeah, if anything, when we go back, I'd love to try to find, like, Bridget Bishop's grave and take a picture of her grave and stuff. Pay respects and to definitely her. Definitely pay respects. I would, I definitely want to bring an offering to her to honor yeah. her. Yeah, because I mean I didn't know if we were gonna even see the memorial. To be honest, I didn't know what we were gonna have time for. I kind of wish we had time for the witch house, but that was like on the other side of town. Practically, we had no idea where the fuck it was. Well, we knew. I knew where it was. It's just that. It was way past heck. Yeah, we didn't have, and we didn't have enough time in the day to do everything we wanted to do. Especially when we had the tour at four thirty, and the bus, our bus was leaving at seven twenty. So, by the time we even got done with our tour, it was like six o'clock. So we had like an hour and a half, uh, hour and twenty minutes really to kill. So Which we ate. And then we stopped into a couple more stores, and then sure enough, um, it was time to leave. It was time to leave. So that's why um, I had made a suggestion to Paul that we go back, like for example, on our you know two year anniversary, and stay overnight. That way, we can have more time to explore and do more and cover more ground and do things that we didn't get a chance to do. Yeah, especially when I try out this um, fried sweets thing, deep fried sweets. Oh my sweets. god! Like, and what I mean when I'm when I'm talking when I'm okay, what I mean by deep fried sweets is like I'm not talking like sweets as in like in um, you know like sweets. I'm think I'm talking yeah. like candy. Sweets. Yeah, we're talking like. They will deep fry Twinkies, Oreos, Milky Ways, Snickers bars, pretty much any freaking sweet or candy, or like, like candy, <laughs> pretty much. Twinkie, like, Twinkies like a snack food, like a junk junk food piece. Snack food, yeah. But they will deep fry anything like that, and it's just like, oh boy. It's kind of like, do I really want to try this? Like, this sounds really it's weird. Like, it's like, it sounds really weird, but it sounds really good at the same time. Do I really want to eat it? It's like, do I really want to ingest that much yeah. sugar and bread? something that's deep fried? <laughs> it's probably going to clog up your arteries. Yeah. <laughs> Oh well, you only live once. Might as well eat it. <laughs> I did. Um, I did take a really cool picture of the Salem Witch Museum at night. What you're seeing if you're listening to just the uh, podcast here on uh, Podbean. If you're watching it on YouTube, you're seeing the one that I took that isn't at night. It's when we first got there to Salem in the morning. But uh, it's okay. Maybe maybe I'll add in her picture around this time, hopefully, <laughs> if I remember. Um, but yeah, pretty much that's really about it. I think the I think the only other thing I that I thought was pretty comical was uh, when we went back to the herb shop there of yours, mm-hmm. and that um, thing got knocked over, and the. Waiting at the counter was just like, oh, yeah, somebody's just been knocking stuff over all day. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, but the, the ladies, the ladies at, um, 
Artemisian Botanicals were very helpful. Lovely, lovely ladies. Very nice. And um, the atmosphere um, was very nice in that, in that store. And I think I easily spent half an hour, if not more, in there with Paul. I also managed to get, like, my whole herb list that I had written up prior to us going on the Salem trip filled. So that was nice. Yep. But, um... And I got you your wolf wing ring yeah. that you wanted. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um... Let's see. I wish you got me a, a mug, I guess. I had gotten you a couple of things before we went to Salem. I got you your um your Salem, Massachusetts black cat t-shirt, which actually matches my now water bottle that I had picked up in Salem. Yep. And then I I got you um the Ghost of the Salem book. Ghosts of Salem book that goes with your collection of books over there. Yep. For like your haunted happenings. Yep. Um, that was it, I think. I think. Because I remember you mentioning, um, you were gonna, you wanted to at least get me something at Salem. Is what I remember. Yeah, but the thing, the thing that I originally wanted to get you, you end up getting yourself, so. Was that the book? Yeah. Oh, um, I mean my journal? Yeah, so I was just For like, me, okay. because I needed more water! <laughs> So, I was originally going to get you that, but you bought it for yourself, so. Well, yeah. <laughs> of course it was. Of course I did, I mean. Duh. I've been eyeballing that thing since I've seen it on the web store. Which was like, what, like a month or so ago, if not more? I don't even remember. Yeah, it's been a <laughs> while. It's been a, probably a few months, actually, because I think we ended up, Buying the uh, tour tickets back in August. Yeah, I think so. So, yeah, I think it's been quite a few months. I, yeah. I forget. Have you seen The Crucible? The movie? Yeah. No, I don't think oh, I Oh, God, have. we're watching it. We are still watching it after this. Well, now that you just brought up The, the Crucible, what's The Crucible? The Crucible is... Um, about the, um, the Salem witch, what happened during the Salem... Witch trial. Witch trials, yeah. Playwright Arthur Miller's parable to the, um, 1950s anti-communist crusade receives lush treatment in an Oscar-nominated film adaptation where they talk about the Salem witch trials. And... What happened, and Bridget Bishop is in the, in here. What happens to Giles Corey's in this movie? Abigail Williams, um, Martha, Martha Corey, and like everybody else, John Proctor, and everybody is just in this movie, and it shows like their adaptation of what happened. Right. I was just thinking, Abigail Williams is not the victim list, but the more I think about it, she wasn't really a victim. She was a, um... She was, she, she, Abigail Williams wasn't a victim. She was more of a, 
antagonist or yeah. a fueler to the fire. She she was like gasoline. Or she was the one that was accusing others. Yeah, she was the gasoline. Yeah. In the in the yeah. so. Yeah, that's why I just corrected myself anyway. But I was just realizing, like, because she she got executed or something. She was she wound up getting executed, but. She it at was, seventeen years old, six years after the um, the Sam with trial. Yeah, but she was also she was also in, in from what I saw in the Crucible, she was actually Abigail Williams had an affair with John Proctor. Yes, she did. Yeah, she had an affair. She was like yeah, madly she in did. love with him. Oh yeah, she did. And she would do crazy, crazy things to get him back. Well, yeah, I mean, that's why, that's one of the reasons why she was accused in others, too, so that way other people, ladies, couldn't have John. Yeah, but she also partook in some, like, witchcraft stuff, too. Well, that doesn't surprise me, anyway. Um, Yeah. But anyway, so that was pretty much our... uh, Trip to Salem. Trip to Salem in a nutshell. And uh, we are definitely planning a return trip. And eventually, one day, we will relocate and live there. Yep, because everybody down there is just way too friendly. and Our kind of people. Our kind of people, yeah. Yep. Witchy and creepy and stuff, and, and we just love it. Yes. Oh, there, there's actually one thing we can talk about before we end this. Okay. We took a few pictures of them, too. The, um, monsters, per se. Oh, yeah. Um, as Paul and I, we were walking down Essex Street, and people have various, um, tents and booths set up outside on the streets as you're walking down out front of shops. There are also people... Dressed up in various different costumes with various different props as you walk down Essex Street. To name a few, I took pictures of a guy that was dressed up as Pennywise the Clown. I took pictures of um, another uh, person who had a wife and they had like these demon babies and they two had demon babies right, yeah, two, right two demon babies and like this really <laughs> cool looking gothic black wicker carriage yep like baby stroller thing yep that was really cool and then there was another one of like a fortune teller with a crystal ball that was really cool and there was a there was another one of like a zombie bride holding like a zombie baby, and then there were others that I didn't take pictures of, but they were really cool too, and I kind of wish I had, but I didn't. Yeah, there like was, that witch by the uh, bewitched statue. Yep, there was a witch over. There was like the wicked witch of the west standing over in the park with the bewitched statue, and then there was like a Frankenstein and Frankenstein's bride, like in another area. And, um, yeah, I mean, there, there, was, there was way there too was, much. There was a lot of different street performers and, um, people dressed up in costume, and it was just really, really cool to see. And we had that one guy that was trying to pray Jesus. One guy that actually yeah, had there, to go home. And, and we, we actually commend this guy's brassiness. 
Yep. For standing in the middle of Essex Street of all places, covered almost from head to toe in Jesus saves, praise Jesus, God saves, and everything else, head to toe in these flyers, on Essex Street, in which city capital, Salem? During October. During October. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So we, mean, were, we were just like, wow, this guy's got some brass. Balls. But nobody really seemed to mind him. Everybody just pretty much walked past him. We even had one guy walk up to us with a pamphlet for a satanic temple. You know, on Essex Street. Why not? <laughs> but we also think that he, you know, randomly did that because of Paul's hoodie that he was wearing at the time, which is from Black Craft Cult. Yeah. I so mean, that that that's an idea, but he, it was just kind of funny how he just like randomly walked up to us and handed a pamphlet and, and then, then just walked and off to his didn't, post. Yeah, didn't yeah. walk back. Yep, yeah, that was interesting. Yeah, it was definitely interesting. So we were just like, um, thanks. So we saw a lot of we saw a lot of interesting things when we, when we were in Salem, and we definitely have some ideas of what we want to do when we get back there. And we n- now know pretty much where everything is. So, yeah, we pretty much know um, our way around, like, to the main places that we've already been to. Like, for the places that we still need to go to, we still need to navigate and find our way to those places. Yeah. But, like, to get to Essex Street and to get to the House of the Seven Gables and stuff like that, we pretty much know our way. Yep. But I think that pretty much covers our trip now. Yeah, I think we I think we pretty much covered everything. Yeah, because I can't think of anything else. Um, so yeah, I'm gonna say thank you guys for listening, and don't forget that we are still doing our smarter than the killer charity that end next year in June, where you guys still have time to donate. One dollar can go a long way. So maybe that $1 for coffee that you want tomorrow can actually go for, that $1 can help go for uh, somebody paying their medical bills who is fighting cancer. Because you could maybe skip that one coffee for somebody to help somebody dying of cancer or trying to pay off their bills, right? Right? I know I could. I know I could. Because, mm-hmm. fuck it, if I have to, I'll just brew coffee when I get home or something. Because that dog can go a long way. But, yeah, until then, guys, um, I was Paul Dorsky. I forgot if we even mentioned our names, but... You should know us by now, if yep. not. <laughs> if not, I'm Paul Dorsky. And I'm Tessa Baker. And as always, stay, stay scary. scary.